This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey. And I'm Ashley, and this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Kentucky discussing an abduction and murder of a pregnant woman. Then we'll talk about the lone survivor of a vicious attack on his family. Buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Bluegrass State. When I became a single mom six years ago, it was rough. Not only for the obvious reasons, but because I found myself constantly judging my life and comparing it to those on social media. Everyone looked so perfect, the perfect families, perfect holiday pictures, with the perfectly color-coordinated outfits. All the posts about how perfect their husband was, or their wife, how helpful their mothers and mother-in-laws were, or the pictures of them with their sisters grabbing brunch before shopping. And here I was, alone with a three-year-old. I had no family here, and the friends that I did have You know, you don't want to keep bothering them with the doom and gloom that you're feeling in this season of your life. So I did a little research, and I found a few single mom groups on Facebook and started following them. I also found a few on Instagram, and same thing. I followed all the groups. I became friends with other single moms from across the United States, and they followed me back. We formed a type of friendship, even though we had never met in person. We had never even chatted on the phone at this point. But we had a sisterhood where we would vent to each other about what we were going through, things that our friends and loved ones didn't understand. We were each other's safe place, and it was a tremendous help. Thankfully, these women were all who they said they were. Social media can be such an amazing thing, but it can also blur the lines of what is real life and what is just a facade. You can never be sure that what you are seeing or what you're being told through the screen is the actual truth. The links that people go to to deceive someone and gain the trust of others on the internet is terrifying. We see this in the news every day. Someone meets someone under the ruse of friendship or dating and they rob them. Someone sends you a message pretending to be someone you know and you send them money for something and it turns out to be a scam. People even pretend to want to help you in order to get what they want from you, like the girl in My Tragic Story. Jamie Stice grew up in Warren County, Kentucky. Her parents divorced when she was two, so then it was just her and her big brother being raised by their mother, Janie. And Janie eventually remarried. So Jamie graduated high school in 2008. She had a 20-year-old boyfriend named James. And he had a child from a previous relationship, but Jamie didn't care. She was madly in love with him. Two years later, they're still going strong, and he had now moved in with Jamie at her mother's house. So in 2010, Jamie finds out she's pregnant. James is the only one working at this point, and money is tight, but she's excited. He was more concerned with how are we going to support this baby? Because he's 
paying child support for this other child that he has. And I'm not judging them because they are so young. I was 35 when I had Max and I was very much overwhelmed and Mm -hmm. feeling like, oh my God, what am I doing? So I couldn't imagine being this young. So Jamie tells her mom and her brother, her brother Eric is not thrilled about this because he feels like she's ruined her life. You're so young. You're not working. Now you're going to bring this baby in here. You're living with mom. You know, I mean, like I get that siblings. You're worried about your sibling. That's just, Mm -hmm. I mean, he obviously loved his sister and wanted what was best for her. He knew they had no money. He knew what it was like to struggle and he just wanted more for her. Mm -hmm. So their mother says, you know, you can stay here as long as you need to, which is great that they had that support system. So many people don't have that. True. So Jamie decides to enroll in college. She wants to be a social worker and help kids. They find out they're having a boy and she decided to name him Isaiah. And she's thrilled with being pregnant. She's got all the apps that you probably have on your phone. I have the apps. And she's looking at how big he is and how, you know, she's posting all the baby bump pictures, mm-hmm. which I'm super disappointed that you have not done a ton of that, by the way. <laughs> I, I hope you have pictures on your phone of your tummy. I guess I need more. I don't know. I just don't think about it much. Girl. So she's posting all these baby bumps, <laughs> pictures, all the things that Lacey doesn't do. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've posted a couple. <laughs> It's just a big belly. Nothing to see here. Well, we we viewers want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so when Jamie is seven months pregnant, she's very frustrated at James. Oh. You get it. Every woman who has been pregnant gets it. Oh, You're yeah. annoyed. Mm-hmm. And the more pregnant she gets, the more annoyed she gets. Mm-hmm. They're fighting more and more, especially about money and oh, not good. getting things ready for the baby, him staying out with his friends and doing all the things that she can't do because she's pregnant. I'm just getting mad at Samuel because he's smacking candy. (laughs) Because he's breathing. (laughs) I mean, she's like every mother. She wants to give her son the world Mm -hmm. and she's getting frustrated. Right. So uh, James loses his job. Oh, no. And she has to drop out of college because... They can't afford it. And it's just things aren't going well. Yeah, that sucks. That's not good. No. And what do people do typically when things aren't going well? They vent. And a lot of people, including a ton of our friends, you vent on social media. We all know people that do this. They they make ominous posts. They'll go off about, you know, very cryptic. Sometimes people do blast all of their info. Do it. I love to read it. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I I mean, like. I don't have a problem with reading all me that. either. If you want to be messy. I'll I, read all 82 comments. I am here for the drama. I will read all <laughs> the comments see. too and be up all night. And that helps some people. This is a little tangent, but someone I knew from high school recently had something bad happen to her. She posted a vague thing. I DM'd her. Oh, you're that nosy. No, no, no. <laughs> You're like, let me just go well, straight. We to the were source. really good friends yeah. in high school, and we ha- haven't been in touch since. But anyway, she was kind of just venting to me and all this stuff, sure. and I'm like, you know, I can see why people do post on Facebook mm-hmm. if they want to talk, but they don't just want 
You know what I mean? Well, she wouldn't have reached out to you. Exactly. I feel like she was wanting someone to just be like, listen to all this crap I'm dealing with. I just this need, is awful. Yeah. I need and, an ear. Yeah. And I feel like not always do you want to reach out and do that. You want someone to be nosy and be like, hey, what's up? You know. No, no. And I agree with that. So same thing with Jamie. She does the venting yeah. on Facebook and she gets a message from Lacey. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl. Are you okay? Hey, girl. I um, message you. Yeah. So she gets a Facebook message from a woman that she doesn't know. Her name is Kathy Coy. Huh. And she lives about 25 miles away. She is also seven months pregnant. And she reaches out and says she is the cousin of one of Jamie's friends, Becca. Just like they have mutual I, acquaintances. Yes. Maybe she popped up and was like, someone you may know. Yeah. You know, I, I don't Some know. Some people add everyone. Yeah. 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 So they become friends. Okay. And, you know, Jamie's talking to her about everything. She finds out that Kathy has two teenage kids from a previous marriage. And this baby that she was now carrying belonged to a man named Shannon, who was her second husband. And Kathy's like in her mid-30s. She's like 34. So Kathy tells her a lot of stuff about her life, Hmm. but not about the assault charges that she had against (gasps) her and public disorderly. Oh, no. Or how she didn't have custody of her two kids. Court connect these new friends. Listen. I'm just saying. I mean, misery loves company. So Jamie starts confiding in her about the bad shit that's going on in her life. I don't have a job. My baby daddy doesn't have a job. We're living with my mom. He's going out. It's just they felt like, you know, they had each other. Mm -hmm. They became like I was saying in my opening, like that sisterhood, they bonded. They were yeah. both pregnant, going through some shit. So Jamie's mom and stepdad lose their jobs. Oh, my god! Don't know the details, yeah. but so Please. now everybody's up in the house with no job, which isn't good. So there's no money coming in. This new baby's coming, ready or not, oh in the next few months. And fortunately for Jamie, Kathy happens to work. With a foundation that helps mothers in need. So she drives down to Bowling Green within a few days of talking to Jamie and brings a ton of baby stuff Wow! to Jamie. Kathy offers to throw her a baby shower. She schedules it and everything. Um, she starts spending more and more time at Jamie's house to the point where she's there every day now, mm-hmm. bringing presents, wow. giving them money to help pay with bills. Like, she's a godsend to mm-hmm. this family. She's she's being very helpful. Sure. So, she even starts running Jamie's mom around town like errands, uh-huh. you know, like to the grocery store or whatever. So, on April the 13th, 2011... She drops Jamie's mom off at the Social Security office, and she's then going to pick Jamie up to take her shopping, you know, baby shopping. Did they live in the same town? 25 miles away. 25, So about okay. like you and I. Yeah. So she's driving there every day, hanging out, all the things. It's not too far. No, it's not terrible. Not to be we- That's not that weird or right, anything. Right, right. So um, a few hours later, Jamie, who is Jamie's mother gets a text from Kathy saying, I've gone into labor. I'm at the hospital. Someone else is going to have to pick you up and give you a ride home. 
So Janie's like, oh my gosh, no problem. I'll have my brother come get me, all the things. So he does. She gets home. Jamie's nowhere to be found. She tries to call Jamie. She's not answering. She calls Kathy and is, where's Jamie? You know, where, where'd you drop her off at? She's not here. Did she tell you she was going somewhere? What's going on? She says, I brought her home. We shopped. I brought her home, dropped her off. I went into labor. I've been at the hospital since then. So now she's calling around mm-hmm. the mom trying to find Jamie. No one's seen her. No one's heard from her. Six hours later, Kathy calls Jeannie and tells her, I've delivered a baby boy. Jeannie's like, congratulations. That's great. I still can't find Jamie though. So did she tell you anything about where she was going? She's panicking. Yeah, not good. So what had been going on the last six hours, you ask? <sighs> After Kathy dropped Jeannie off at the Social Security office? Well, Kathy drives over to her friend Shelly's house a few hours later, pulls in the driveway, and starts blowing her horn. Shelly comes out. Kathy is sitting in the front seat of her car, with no pants on, holding a newborn. What? She's sitting on the placenta, still attached by his umbilical cord to the baby. And he's covered in blood, the baby, and grass. What? Yes. She asks Shelly to take a picture of them so she can send it to her estranged husband. Drive to a hospital, sis. Before she even said, call an ambulance. Hey, can you snap a picture no. real quick? Literally, this baby no. is oh covered in blood and still attached. The pl- She's sitting nope. on the placenta. Nope. So they then call an ambulance. I feel like, what are you doing here? Listen. Why are you here? Panicked. If you can't, if you come pulling up <laughs> in my driveway. That's how I show up when I have this baby. Something's happened. I would have, I wouldn't even have made it to your car. I would have grabbed my phone what immediately. What are you doing here? Why are you taking, been on the phone with 911. Yeah, so and that's yeah. So ambulance comes, they take her to the hospital. What do they do? Immediately examine her and the of baby. Course. There is no sign that she has given birth. Oh my god. There is no blood, nothing. Ma'am, you cannot fake childbirth. Especially they're gonna check your vagina. You can't fake it. It's not a migraine. It's not a headache. No. They know if you've just given birth to a baby or not. You literally blow your tucci out. They're going to see it. Oh, my God. So, doctors know that this placenta has come from someone else. So, she's not pregnant at this point? Like, they examine her and she's not pregnant. She's not pregnant at all. Okay. Oh, my God. This has all been a lie. She was never pregnant. These freaking people. This is one of my fears. Sorry. I'm not making new friends. Don't. No. You have enough friends. I don't need any more right now. So they know that this placenta is not Kathy's because it's not just the placenta. It is also the uterus and ovaries that is attached to this baby. You don't deliver all of that. Oh, my God. With your baby. They contact the state police immediately. They come to the hospital and the doctors tell them, this is not her lady parts. This belongs to another woman. And this woman is somewhere out there and she's most likely dead because 
These are literally her guts. Did she not realize what she... She had no idea what anatomy, what she was taking out. No. Officers go talk to Kathy. They ask her, where did you get this baby? Oh, my God. They call bullshit on her story. They ask her again. This time, she says, I bought him for $550 from a woman named Ashley. She really thought she was going to get away with this? Yes. Even after she was at this hospital? Yes. Oh, my God. She should have fled the country. Yes. Not, I'm glad she didn't. Right. But, like, duh. So, they're Ugh. like, no. No. You and got, that's illegal. <laughs> Just, come on. You got this woman. You got this uh, baby from a woman named Ashley. Well, first of all, she wouldn't have lived long enough to give you this baby because oh my God. she has basically been disemboweled, whoever this woman is that you got this baby from. This woman's dead somewhere. She's dead somewhere. Oh, my God. So, she's transported to the state police department for more questioning. She tells them she wants to take them where she met up with Ashley. But there's no Ashley. So, at the same time all of this is going on, there are two officers dispatched to Kathy's house where they find a drywall knife, duct tape, and a stun gun. Her Facebook account... It's still pulled up. They check it and they find two women who she's friends with who were 30 weeks or further along. One woman was located alive and well. The other. So she's got more yes. eggs in her basket. Yes. Oh my gosh. The other was Jamie. They locate Jamie's house. Her mother, they go talk oh, to her. No. And her mother tells them she's been missing for over 14 hours. Oh my gosh. She was last seen with her friend named Kathy, and she was taking her shopping, but no one's seen her since. Detectives go straight to Kathy, question her. She says, I don't I don't know who Jamie is. I have no idea who that is. I've never met her. I don't know her. She knows they're not buying it, so she changes her story. And she says, okay, okay, okay. This Ashley girl oh, killed Jamie and then stole her baby and gave it to me. But then she changed it again, and then she admits she is the one that killed Jamie and performed a C-section before stealing the baby from her body. She said she had been pregnant but miscarried, but she didn't tell anybody and continued to pretend to be pregnant. She used stolen ultrasound pictures that she had found online and posted them. She bought baby stuff and baby clothes like she was still pregnant. But she had to find a baby. Oh, my gosh. So. No, just say. She went online to social media to try to find a very heavily pregnant girl or woman. Enter Jamie. And Kathy spent three weeks messaging back and forth with her. She did tell her 12-year-old daughter that she lost the baby and then asked her if she would help her kidnap a baby. What? She said, no, what the fuck, mom? Oh, my God. And so then Kathy plays it off. I'm just joking. That was a joke. So then she asks her son if he would help her kill someone. He says, no. What so, in the world? Yes. So she goes and buys a stun gun, gets on the old Google search, and teaches herself how to perform a C-section. She didn't do a good job. Well, just out of curiosity, I oh my god, I did Google what? this to see what is out there. And oh um, 
let me tell you, Ooh. I'm confident I could not do this, oh. first of all, oh. but it does tell you what type of incision to make oh. vertically or horizontally, which organs to push out of the way, how long the incisions should be, how to it's remove just the all baby. Bloody. How do you even know what the organs are? It's yeah. really terrifying the amount of information that is out there just free to anyone because. We're not trained doctors. Yeah, it can tell me. It can tell me how to fillet a fish or to skin a deer. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it correctly, which I know that's not the same. But you, you get yeah, what I'm saying. No. So, Kathy went back to Jamie's house after she dropped her mother off. This woman stuck her with the stun gun, bound her wrist, and led her to the car. Drove her 20 miles away to a wooded area, where she sliced her wrist and throat. Before starting in on removing the baby from her body. She had to go fast because if Jamie died before the baby was out, the baby would die. So she is alive and is literally letting her bleed out from her throat being cut and her wrists while she is cutting her baby out of her. This is so horrific. The amount of fear and just pure I can't even imagine what Jamie went through it's awful awful and to think crimes like this usually are by women yes doing this to other women yes my god so she used a drywall knife to remove the baby and all of Jamie's reproductive organs a drywall knife she basically disemboweled her then drove to her friend's house and told her she'd just given birth she finally told the truth and told them where they could find Jamie's body and she warned them, it's a bloodbath. There's blood everywhere. It was a completely isolated spot of the woods. She, her wrists were tied. They were sliced. Her throat was cut. And like I said, she'd been disemboweled. And her cause of death was multiple homicidal sharp force injuries. Sounds like a massacre. Sounds like a scary movie. I cannot believe she thought she would get away with this. This is such every a woman messy who does, crime. Every woman who does this thinks they're going to get away it's, with it. It's crazy. It's absurd. It's almost mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't even know. So officers went to her house, Jamie's house, and told her mother, Poor mother that gosh. she was found. Mom's beyond devastated. Baby Isaiah is healthy. And he's at the hospital, and he would have to stay a few weeks because he's premature. How how far along was she at this point? I think she was 30. I had it written somewhere. Why would she do it prematurely? That's, you know. Well, she couldn't risk her going into labor. Jamie going into labor. It, he wasn't, oh, she wanted she to was get the baby before. Before Jamie went into labor. She was, she was past. Okay. I mean, she could have him. He would just bring She was over yes. 30 weeks. It wasn't like a... um. Right. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. So, yeah, it's awful. Jamie died. She never got to hold. She was murdered. She didn't die. She was murdered horrifically. She never got to hold the baby that she posted all these pictures, baby bump pictures, all the things she'd bought for him. Tons of donations came in from people after the story of what had happened broke, which is heartbreaking. Holy crap. They did do a DNA test and prove that this was, in fact, Jamie's baby, Isaiah. Kathy had a history of faking pregnancies and stalking pregnant women. A neighbor came forward and said she told Kathy that her daughter was pregnant, and Kathy asked if she was going to keep the baby. Red flag. But 
then again, you told one of our friends you were pregnant and he asked you the yes, same thing. So you think he's planning something? Uh, no, <laughs> just he's too joking. selfish. He doesn't want this baby. <laughs> he does not want any baby. Uh, so detectives think her motive was simply that, you know, her second husband, which wasn't her husband. I know I said that earlier. She told Jamie it was her husband, but they weren't married and he had broken up with her. So she was using this fake pregnancy to try to get him back. That's it's she didn't even want a baby. No. She just she wanted him. Oh my god. So she completely manipulated Jamie. Kathy was charged with murder and kidnapping of a minor and could face the death penalty. Her defense said she was insane. The grand jury passed down indictments of one count of murder, two counts of kidnapping, one for Jamie and one for the baby. Tampering with evidence and resisting arrest. She pled not guilty. She eventually changed her plea to guilty, but mentally ill. So death penalty was taken off the table. She was sentenced to life without parole in March of 2012. Isaiah went on to live with his dad, but spends every other weekend with Jamie's family. So these cases are always so tragic. I mean, all I've murder seen is. so many of them on ID, too. Where this, yes. All, all murders are tragic. We're not saying it's not. But when you cut a baby out of their mother and kidnap them, leaving their mother to just die, like she's just a host, it's oh, a whole gosh. new level of sadistic. It's, it's terrible. And it always seems to be these women trying to get a man back. Yeah, it's not even about... I've tried to have a baby and I can't. I want a child so much. It's not that that would make it okay. I'm not saying that. But just the fact that, mm-hmm. oh, I want to trap this guy. Or, I'm like, girl, what? work out. Get a revenge body like Khloe Kardashian. I can think of a – and having a baby will not make a man stay. No, no. Mm-hmm. I guess they figure they're going to trap them with a baby for at least 18 years, but – Give me a break. That, that doesn't actually happen. Hell No. And it's like, or they'll just cheat on you or whatever. How do you think, no. uh, how do you think that you Ugh. are going, you're just going to take this baby and raise them as your own and no one's going to be none the wiser? The audacity or I don't even know. I'm just, anyway, such a poor plan. It's awful. So the whole thing. There is a episode of Web of Lies. Oh, my gosh. Uh, episode 10, season 2. I don't know if I can handle it's, it. It's pretty... Mm-mm. So sad. Took the whole uterus and ovaries. Did she not think, hey, that's odd. They're going to want to see... Did she not... I guess she didn't even realize what it was. You had two children. You know the birth process. Oh, I don't even know. Like, she just went to this hospital and mm-hmm. you know, sounds a like a story. sociopath. Like, women can be really terrible, awful murderers, just like men can be. Right. Let's take a break. Let's. So, luckily, my case does not involve stealing a baby. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Pick the worst ones to talk Ooh. about. So, my case takes place in the small town of Katie's, Kentucky which is located about 40 miles northwest of Clarksville, Tennessee, so it's near the southern border of Kentucky. On October 24, 2014, Lisa Champion heard gunshots around 11 a.m. 
that sounded nearby. She lived in rural Kentucky, so that's not too weird. Yeah. I'm used to hearing gunshots in my hometown. And probably here, too. <laughs> yeah, here, but it's like, oh, they're not shooting a deer if they're here. Right. They're, yeah. So a couple of minutes later, she heard someone calling out to her at her front door. She thought a cow was loose. Like Ca- someone was coming to her house like... Have you seen our cow? Yes. Very, I mean, just think of... But that's on brand for a small town. Oh, yeah, 100%. Happens where I'm from, too. But it was her nephew, Ryan Champion, which... Sidebar, the last name Champion, huh? Cool or bad, depending on how you look at it. I would think it was made up. <laughs> I've never heard it before. So it was Ryan pleading for her to call 911. He had duct tape on his wrists. Yeah. So Lisa calls the cops right away, and Ryan said, you're going to need to call an ambulance, too, for the rest of the family. The rest of the family? Yeah, who were still at their farmhouse across the street. So Lisa lived across the street from okay. her brother, 62-year-old Lindsay Champion, and sister-in-law Joy, who was 60. Together, they had two kids, 36-year-old Ryan, who was at her door, and 31-year-old Emily. Emily was a veterinarian in Louisiana, but happened to be at her parents' house for the weekend to visit. Lindsay worked for the local farm credit services for nearly four decades before retiring Joy was also retired from spending 30 years as a teacher. So they spent most of their time tending to animals on the farm. So they are all three at this house, and Ryan escaped. So Lisa called 911 and said she would go check on them since she was close. Ryan went with her, and he kept telling her, you don't want to go in there. Was he... He wasn't telling her what happened at this point. Not yet at this point. Okay. But he was just kind of, because I was in shock. Right. Because I would think that I would be screaming at him, what happened? What happened? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And she may have been. She probably yeah. was, but I don't know for a fact. So she went over there and found her brother, sister-in-law, and niece shot in various rooms of the house. There was also another body by the front door. A 22-year-old man named Vito Reservato. All four people in the house were deceased, and Ryan was taken to the hospital for symptoms of shock, but he was uninjured. Were they also bound with duct tape? His sister was. Okay. So Lisa had no idea who this Vito guy was, but Ryan did. He worked in construction and knew Vito through work. At some point before the shooting, Vito went to Ryan's family home and met the family. Ryan said Vito seemed interested in his sister Emily and hit on her. She's like, fat, no. (laughs) Fat chance. Fat chance, buddy. On the day of the murders, Ryan said he was showing his sister, as in Ryan was showing his sister how to use a firearm. Which, small town. Small town. Probably the norm. Come here, sis. Let me show you how to shoot this gun. I would think, though, they're in their 30s. If they're into shooting, they would already both know at this point. I don't know. I could be wrong. But he had left the gun on the counter when Vito came in and grabbed it. He bound Ryan and Emily up with duct tape and held them at gunpoint until Lindsay and Joy came home. Once they arrived, Ryan said that Vito went outside and then they heard several gunshots. 
so he went outside mm-hmm. with the parents or the parents are in the house? The parents came home and Vito ran oh, outside and shot be- them. Before they came inside. Okay. Yes. And Emily and Ryan were duct taped inside the house. Okay. So they didn't witness it with their eyes, but they heard it. They would have assumed. They assumed, yeah. So then Vito returned and shot Emily. He said that he was about to reload, but Ryan was able to free himself, and then a struggle ensued. It ended with a gunshot. Ryan was able to get the upper hand and kill Vito. Able to get the upper hand, get the gun, and load it in the middle of a... Wild story, right? Yeah. So, once police start looking into things, Ryan's account did not line up with evidence at the scene. Mm -hmm. Given the number of live rounds and gunshot wounds, Vito would have had to reload earlier than when Ryan claimed it happened. Then they started focusing their attention on Ryan. Well, and the parents are in the house. They were found in the house. Yeah. That shot outside. Allegedly. They spoke to Ryan's roommate and discovered he was out of a job. And he was talking about getting paid a lot of money to kill someone. He was talking to his roommate about this. So he just told his roommate that, you know, I'm going to kill someone and make some money. Then they learned of another friend of Ryan's named Ann Plotkin. That name also sounds fake. He was talking to her about how he would carry out the murders with Vito. He was talking to them all on Facebook Messenger. Boy. So they're all in cahoots. Based on what they pieced together, Ryan hired Vito to kill his family. He didn't discuss the motive, but since he was out of a job, he must have thought he would get the money or property or something because his sister died too, so... Everything would go to him and he would get something. The police also believe Ryan killed Vito after the murders so he didn't have to pay them. It tracks. Yeah. And he wouldn't be a liability. Mm-hmm. So he tries to say, hey, I'll pay, you to ki- I'll pay you a ton of money for this. We don't know how much, but he does it. And then, aha, Ryan just turns around and kills him. Doesn't have to pay a thing. So, based on what detectives uncovered, the plot to kill the family had been in the making for years. Unbelievable. Around five years before the murders, Ryan approached another friend and offered him money to kill his family. So, at this point, this guy's talked to three or four people about murdering his family for money in the course of five years. I feel like I have a pretty good friend group. But I don't trust any of you motherfuckers to no come believed him. to come to you and be like, listen, I need you to help me kill somebody. You you wouldn't you'd be like no. I feel like most of his friends must have just thought he was joking. Well, I don't of course. Know. I don't know. If some, I've never none no. of my friends have done that, so I don't know what I would think about it. I, I can't eat you wouldn't you wouldn't believe your friends. Because because no. no rational person plots to kill their family or kill anybody. Yeah. Kentucky State Police Sergeant Dean Patterson declined to discuss a possible motive and provided few details about the slangs. Oh, thanks for all your help, officer. I know. I'm like, it seems pretty obvious that he just did it for money, Mm -hmm. you know. 
He said, quote, we collected a tremendous amount of evidence from the crime scene. As things started to come together, we have finally developed enough probable cause to make the charge. Ovi, the top prosecutor in Trigg County, said it started out as a murder-for-hire scheme, but it didn't end up that way. Vito was reported to be the lone perpetrator in the slayings until Ryan was arrested on Halloween. Before that, Ryan appeared on TV and on radio interviews saying he had turned the tables on Vito. He was playing the hero. Oh, gross. Who knows, maybe he did it for local fame? I don't know. Initially, Ryan was charged with one count of murder, three counts of complicity to commit murder, and complicity to commit kidnapping. During the hearing, Ryan sat silently and expressionless, listening to the statements from surviving family members as large photographs of his slain mother, father, and sister smiled at those seated in the gallery. He showed no sign of remorse during the sentencing and refused to speak when asked by the judge. He was just cold the entire time. So Joy's oldest sister spoke at the hearing and said, I cry every day wondering what my sister thought in those last few seconds of her life when she walked into the basement and saw you standing there with a gun in your hand. The shock and disbelief she must have felt to see her son standing there knowing she was going to die by his hand. There is no punishment great enough for what you've done. Our family is broken and devastated and will never recover. We will always be living one day at a time. She also spoke of her brother-in-law, Lindsay Champion, describing him as a kind and compassionate man. And she remembered her niece, Emily, who was enjoying success in the field of equine medicine. She said they deserved more time, more memories, and so did we. And here you sit. I know you have no sorrow and no remorse. Your thoughts are only of yourself. The remainder of your life will be in a place with bars, locked doors, and razor wire. You will never take a breath of free air. You will never have someone that loves you. Fix your favorite meal for your birthday. You will never have anyone care about you. You murdered the three that cared the most for you, and you murdered all those feelings that were left behind on October 26, 2014. What a waste. Holy shit. Now, that's an impact statement. Am I right? Like, she's just telling him. Lisa Champion, who was the one that found them, spoke of her niece Emily and said, She remembered her as a tow-headed rascal who she taught to ride and show horses. She said, The loss of my family fuels my daily sobbing. I go without sleep for days. And then there are days I don't want to do anything but sleep. I have nightmares and I have daymares of my family's deaths. I have guilt if I laugh because I think my family can no longer laugh. Lindsay's brother, Lauren, was the last to speak and carried a message of forgiveness saying it took him a year to forgive Ryan, but he did it because it was the Christian thing to do and what his brother would have wanted. So in December of 2016, Ryan Champion, then 38 years old, agreed to plead guilty to four counts of murder and one count of kidnapping because Emily was bound with duct tape. He was sentenced to serve life in prison without the possibility of parole. Anne, who he talked to on Facebook about the scheme, was sentenced for her role, but she died due to a terminal illness in 2019. What was her role? He was talking to Vito and her on Facebook Messenger, so she knew and didn't do yeah, anything. She was involved. It. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't 
know that she had any job to do, but she completely knew about it and was involved in all the messages. But you know, here's the thing. It would really suck to be in a Facebook group message and you literally don't believe this is going to happen. I'm not saying this is her, but Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like you just, you're like this, they're, they're just talking shit. This is not going to happen. And then it happens and then you get a charge. That would be bad. Yeah, I just if if your friends ever do this, get out of that conversation. No shit, leave leave the group. She must have had a trail. Yeah, we don't know what she said. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not sure. But prison records indicate Ryan remains incarcerated at Eastern Kentucky Correctional Complex in West Liberty, Morgan County. Commonwealth Attorney Carrie O'Vey Wiggins said she was satisfied with the conclusion of the case and that it was best for the family because. If the case went to trial, he would have been given the death penalty, but the family would have to endure years and years and years of appeals. So with the plea, there's certainty Ryan's behind bars forever and no possibility. They don't have to go to parole hearings or any of that. Right. So, yeah, I got my info from Cinemaholic, ID, Paducah Sun, and the Tennessean because it's so close to Tennessean. Oof. But yeah, I'm like, oh, a survivor story. Womp, womp. Well, not so much. That's crazy because it happened, first of all. But I have a little uh, side story to tell you about something that's in the news now that I just saw. And it's a murder for hire. Really? Yeah. So have you seen this case? It's out of Georgia. And this wife is plotting to kill her husband. It's Lindsay Shiver. Hmm, I don't think so. So she's a former beauty queen, college cheerleader, married her college football player boyfriend. He has money. They live in like a $2.5 million home in Georgia. They have three little boys. It's just this perfect family. They have a vacation home in the Bahamas. And they fly there on their family's private plane. Gosh. Yeah. So, Lindsay starts a affair, a la Stella got her groove back, with a hot local boy who's 28. Hubby finds out. Google this couple. Look at these pictures. Hubby finds out, files for divorce. Lindsay and her Bahamian boo then hire one of his friends. As a hitman to kill Robert. So these messages between the three of these, like you were talking about Facebook Mm -hmm. Messenger, the messages between Lindsay, her boyfriend, and this other dude are on WhatsApp. Mm, You know, the little app. Mm -hmm. And so the, I'm not sure. I know it wasn't Lindsay's. I don't know if it was her boyfriend or the guy that they had been in cahoots with to kill Lindsay's husband. One of them's phone is stolen. Like they're at this little Chili's drink and grub place on, it's not Chili's, but it's like a right, right, right. little local drinking yeah. hole on the islands. And one of them's phone is like sitting on the bar and it gets stolen. And uh, when it's recovered, they uh, look through the phone and discover all of these messages of this murder plot. So that's how they get caught. So Lindsay's arrested. Boyfriend and his friend are arrested. And she's held on a $100,000 bond. 
and her estranged husband, Robert, bonds her out. What? He pays it. Probably because they have three kids. Oh, my gosh. So she has, like, an ankle bracelet that she, you know, like a monitor. She has to stay on the island, and her passport has been revoked. And her boyfriend and the hitman are out on a $20,000 bond, and they have an ankle monitor, all the things. So Lindsay and Robert are in the middle of this bitter custody battle, this very acrimonious divorce, this million-dollar mansion, the use of this private jet, and this home in the Bahamas. And that's why she decides, you know what, fuck it, let's just kill him. Good Lord. So... He accuses her, obviously, in the papers of having an affair. She says he was mentally and physically abusive. Their hearing is set for Halloween of this year. Oh. Um, she was supposed to be deposed on July 18th, but she was arrested for murdering or for murder for hire. So uh, they filed for divorce back in April. Wow. Yeah, so... She's wearing a trucker hat that says bad influence in a lot of these pictures. Yeah. So uh, her estranged husband, um, Robert, Mm -hmm. he has moved on and has a new love interest. Guess who it is? Savannah Chrisley. Who's that? Chrisley knows best. Wait, 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 what? Yes. So he's dating. I know this is so fucking messy. Yeah. So he's dating Savannah Chrisley and they have been seen and photographed on page six and all these other people have been posting these pictures of them um, at LAX. They're doing the most. They're flying on all these things. It's just too much. And also you have three little boys whose mother is being drugged through the mud publicly. Dad's dating a quote unquote TV reality celebrity mm-hmm. it's just what in the world it's just messy ass social media it's everywhere and all i can think about are these poor kids regardless of what right his mother you know their mother did like that's still their mom they're still gonna love her i'm not saying that it's okay to plot to murder your estranged husband but i don't know stay tuned we, oh, we'll have damn. to definitely follow up on this it is wild the more you read about it and no yeah i haven't heard about this we're definitely gonna have to follow up on this and then you know more and more shit's gonna come out oh yeah yeah savannah chrisley that's weird aren't her parents in jail they hook up well they're both from georgia so i don't know small small state i don't know you know when he was like an auburn football player i I think he i think he played i forget sports people are big deals i'm sorry i forget that i think he played like Maybe one season. I'd be for like, who are you? What's <laughs> Auburn? I don't give a damn. <laughs> I think he played like one season for some mm. NFL team. Maybe he just like was signed okay. with them and sat on the bench. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm a sports person as far as it comes to like flag football with kids. But you go to your kids games. Yes. You don't know who all, yeah. I don't I know it. all these big. Yeah. Crazy. That's weird. Very weird. And you look at these pictures and they look just like this perfect. Yeah. Family, which we know is very deceiving. But yeah, crazy. What's new with you? Well, we have a patron, a new patron. (gasps) Oh, fantastic. Oh, and by the way, Ryan from last week is from Ohio. 
he messaged us on Facebook. I don't know where he's from in Ohio, so we'll just have to put a pin in the center of Ohio for now. Very cool. Maybe we'll plop him in uh, Cincinnati. I don't there know. There you go. Or Dayton. That's kind of sure. random. But uh, thank you. And we have a new patron, Terrence C. Awesome. Where are they from? We don't know. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, we we don't know much either. The dudes are like, we're not, I'm not giving you my address, <laughs> but we're here. Two dudes in a row. Love it. We're we're universal now. Gosh, <laughs> thanks, not, guys. We it's love not just it. Women that it's like this. Anyway, we got an email from Lee C regarding last week's episode. Oh boy. No, it's not a correction. Okay. <laughs> but remember, your case was all about psychics. Oh yeah. Yada yada. By the way, I posted a poll. Let me see if my phone has a recent update on it. Oh, boy. Last I looked, it was almost 50-50. I asked if people believed in a psychic or not, and it was really uh, split, honestly. Let me see if it's still there. Nope, it's gone. Dang it. But, uh, yeah, it was split on believers and non-believers. That's interesting. So, Lee says, after listening to The Skeptic Lacey, I thought I'd share an encounter or two with you. About 35 years ago, I was dating a girl who I later married and then divorced, and she became a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, I know. (laughs) He writes. That's a lot out of the gate, Lee. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Oh, bless you. Anyway, she used to read horror novels, but then she decided she had to burn them, guessing because of their religion. So we had a backyard bonfire, and one of the books we were burning was called Satan's Love Child. What? I'm going to have to read that. (laughs) No, I've never heard of it. As we were burning it, a huge wind came out of nowhere, blew the fire out, and the only thing left was the word Satan from the front cover. Kind of a cool story. That's creepy. That's really creepy. He also says, after my grandfather passed from a massive heart attack, where we never got to say goodbye, my whole family was having lunch after his funeral. There was my mom, dad, sister, brother-in-law, my grandmother, my wife, and myself sitting in the lounge room. We all saw my grandfather walk out of the kitchen and take his seat at the table, look at us all, and smile, then just fade away. Seven adults all saw it. For you to think about, Lacey, I'm firmly with Ashley. And I don't discount that. I'm just saying I need to see this. I don't want to see anything like that. That would creep I mean, that's a good story. I'm a believer in all the things. Everyone that listens to this or knows me knows this. However, I've never had an encounter like that. And I think if I did, I would be in a mental institution. I would flip out. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I have anxiety at baseline. I would... I don't think I could That's wrap my interesting. head around the, that bad happened. I mean, I can't explain that. I don't know. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm a skeptic, but I'm not saying, like, that's not true. I'm just saying for me to be a believer, quote, unquote, or whatever, I need to have the experience. You know what I mean? Just nope. I'm not discounting anyone's experiences, but that's interesting. That is super interesting. Yeah, thank you for that story, Lee. I'm not sure if you're a Patreon member or not lee but i think he is we're recording i I think he's from australia if i remember correctly we're recording our patreon tomorrow we are and it's all about reincarnation i had fun writing this one i'm excited about nice when it's not all just 
murder. We can just have fun on the Patreon. We can, we can talk about one. weird, odd things. But yeah, I'm yeah, excited like, about that. I'm done with my notes. I was really You're into on this. this. I was like, yeah, let's do this every month. Let's just be <laughs> our Patreons. Just reincarnation. Just reincarnation. Just kidding. So I'm I'm excited to record it. I think it's going to be a really good episode. I think it'll be fun too. Yeah. Other than that, feels like fall. It kind does. Of. I mean, I did sweat a lot today, and it you're is, pregnant, so you're sweaty, anyways. Well, what's the temp right now? It's 82. See, this is what fall feels like in Arkansas. <laughs> exactly. It's actually pretty sad. <laughs> I feel like the leaves are changing because it hasn't rained in a year. But I have already made a list of all fall festivals and the fall fun things to do. I'm. I'm excited. I love our two weeks of fall. I do too. <laughs> I do too. Before it's ice storms. Well, you know, um, everybody's been talking about, you know, the farmer's almanac. The Is it the persimmons that they cut open? Mm-hmm. It's all spoons. I always forget which, which is which. So spoons. spoons is like, we'll be shoveling snow. But everybody has posted, everybody has seen spoons. I love Which snow. I thought you were supposed to wait until after like the first frost to do that. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are, but maybe we'll have a snowy winter. Mm-hmm. I, I don't love, love snow. I don't. because I don't I, like the ice. I hate black ice. I don't like feeling like I'm stuck in the house and I can't leave. And when it snows, that's exactly how I feel. Well, that's why you come to downtown so you can just roam around to everyone's well, house. I'll have to bring my kid, Get your snow my boots dogs, on. every. We'll all have to come. His dad in. can drive you in the truck. It'll be fine. I would rather drive myself because I don't trust anybody <laughs> driving on snowy no. roads. But hopefully, we don't have to deal with that for a very long time. Uh, football's back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Oh, do I know? Max played his first football game last oh Saturday. He was really nervous before. He won. Is it still tag flag? flag. You'll learn. Tag flag. You'll learn. It's a flag. It's a flag. you got to pull the flag okay, instead of tackling them. No head injuries. No head injuries now. Phew. Uh, played again last night. Won. Have another game on Saturday. That's a lot of games. He plays football twice a week, and then he has doubleheader baseball games one night a week. Good grief. And then we have practices in between. So basically, sports are my life. And every other... And you had a chess tournament. And we had a chess tournament. Every other sports parent out there, we are tired. They know this. We're at practice. We are trying to survive work and and commuting and getting to games and feeding our kids and feeding ourselves. It's a lot. You will be there one day. And I will sit back and laugh. Because by the time (laughs) your son... Is my son's age? My son will be twenty. Oh my god! And I will be that done. makes me feel <laughs> very old. Oh my god! Oh gosh! But you know what? We love it. We love it. We love. There's nowhere we'd rather be than than at the football field, baseball field. Yeah, it's, it's Samuel will be all about it if our kid likes sports. He'll be like. Probably oh, yeah. try to be the coach of their whatever. Well, Max's dad's the okay, assistant yeah, football I can, coach. Samuel definitely. Would. And Max. Uh, Monday night at the football game, he comes over because, you know, you're sitting down there and he comes over to me. He's like, Mom, come here. So I'm, what? And he says, can you please tell Dad to stop talking to me like that? <gasps> no, I can't because he is your coach. No, he's my dad. No, <gasps> when you're out here playing, he's, he is your coach. Oh, that man. is not your dad. Well, that's not fair. He wants, so he wants them to be nice. like Well, because he's universally he's like talking to all the kids. 
you know, yeah, bossing them around like coaches do. Yeah. But Max is like, oh, no, no, no. You're my dad. You're not allowed to talk to me. I get like special that. treatment. Hello. He you thought, don't... and he thought if he came and told <gasps> me that I would be like, hey, knock it off. Don't talk to him like that. But I was like, sorry. Yeah. I mean, that's, you can't. And Max doesn't want that anyway because no. the kids would be like, he's getting, yeah, I mean. But that's the thing with when you coach your own children is mm-hmm. it's. You can't they take it personal. Favorites. Right. And they take it personal. Like, you're, mm-hmm. wait a second, you're not supposed to talk to me like that. But if another <laughs> coach, and that's what I told Max, I said, yeah. and I won't say the name, but I was like, your coach last year would scream like a fucking lunatic at all of you guys. Yeah. And you never batted an eye. Exactly. But, but yeah. your dad's like, all right, guys, line up. And you're like, he's being mean. I'm like, oh, no. No, yeah, no, no. That's no. not me. So, anyways. That's funny. Well, I have a show recommendation. <gasps> Samuel and I started binging and finished a new show. On, well, it's not new. It came out in the summer. But a show on Peacock called Based on a True Story. Have you heard about it? No. Let me write this down. It's eight episodes. This one season's out so far. So it's a comedy thriller. It's kind of hard to explain. So basically, I don't want to give too much away, but a realtor, former tennis star, and a plumber seize on a unique opportunity to capitalize on America's obsession with true crime. So Kaylee, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Kuoko. Kuoko, yeah. Kuoko and Chris Messina, he was in the Mindy Project. Yeah. Uh, They're both in it. They're a married couple. She's pregnant. And I just, because I always wiki people when Uh I'm watching stuff. She got this gig before she was pregnant and signed on. Then she found out she was pregnant. And they wrote it in. And they wrote it in. That's cute. So it wasn't even, but I'm like, how did they change it? Because I feel like that's a big part of it is they're kind of desperate. For money because she's pregnant. It's hard to explain, but it's a comedy thriller. There's only one thing I don't like, and some other people might be this way. A lot of like fake scenes where they're imagining it and you think it's happening, but it's not. They do that a lot, which kind of gets on my nerves. But other than that, it's an easy Watch. watch. It's not like scary or anything, but it's kind of, it's not like only murders in the building, but kind of like that vibe already binged it it must be really good well it's it's easy to watch just like how long are the episodes oh gosh i'm not completely sure i want to say around 40 45 yeah but it's it's good well um i have to uh hurry up and get home because american horror story starts tonight i didn't know that yeah oh well yeah first episode out tonight i made a big crock pot of chicken and dumplings last night so oh that sounds good i am going to put on sweatpants (gasps) And make me and Wendy a bowl of chicken uh, and dumplings and watch this movie. Well, I'll have to stay up later tonight. Why? To watch it. It comes on at like nine. Well, no, I've been going to bed earlier because I'm just so tired lately. you're doing the Lord's work making a human. I normally don't go to bed early, but lately I have been. But if it's super scary, what I have to do is watch something after that. So it's a commitment. You get scared? Sometimes. You have a whole husband in bed with you. Snoring, sound asleep, not knowing I'm scared. Oh, my Lord. Girl, this baby can feel what I feel. What if I like, that's what I'm scared. I'm like, well, let me tell you. um, I can't be too scared. My grandma, little Italian woman and all her superstitions used to say, if you get scared while you're pregnant, don't and grab your belly because you'll give your baby a birthmark. Oh, dear. 
So don't do that. Okay. If you get scared, hands up. Hands up. <laughs> Sit on your hands or be holding the Diet Coke or something. <laughs> don't grab your stomach. Okay. Your baby comes out with a stork bite. That's going to be why. Well, now you know. Well, it's spooky season, so it's going to happen. He's going to just be covered. I wonder if you just sit Do with Do freckles your... count? He's going to be covered in freckles. Like, freckles just... are cute. I'm covered Those in freckles, Those are marks too. of birth. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, they're even... marks of sun. They, they're marks of sun. Whatever. I did see there's a second season of the uh, Murdoch shit. Yes. Have you watched any of it? No. There's only like two episodes oh, or three. okay. I haven't watched any of it yet either. Hmm. And then I saw the previews for a documentary called Million Dollar Babies, all about the dark world of Cabbage Patches. What? And it's only in theaters. The dark world? It's only in theaters. You'll have to YouTube the trailer for this. It's only in theaters Black Friday this year. What? Which is fine because I always go to the movies with our friend Yancy on the day after Thanksgiving. I'm so. intrigued. I haven't even It looks seen really movies. good. It's all about how allegedly this one woman started these dolls and the uh, Xavier Roberts, was that his name? They're kind of alluding to the fact that he ripped the idea off and consumerism and how pride, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. It looks really interesting. Also because I was in Factuated with cabbage patches. Oh, I love Brenda Ethel was my <laughs> ride or die. <laughs> Mine had red hair and her name was Mona. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember her middle name. Brenda Ethel. Where they had are the worst you? names. What? I love Brenda Ethel. <laughs> Brenda Ethel. I mean, I had they, another one, but I don't remember her name. She was on the B team. <laughs> I had twin boys, oh. and I remember being very disappointed because they were boys. Um, I can't oh remember God. the other one's name, but one of them's name was Luther. And I remember thinking, is that the devil's name? Oh, my gosh. That's a weird Very one. Catholic of me as as a yeah. six-year-old. Luther Vandross. <laughs> no, it was, it was just, uh, what was his middle name? It was really weird, like Brenda Ethel. Huh. Anyways, Cabbage Patch documentary. I'm here for it. I'm intrigued. I'm going to look up the preview. So, anyways, where are we next week? Texas. Texas. The Lone Star State. Mm -hmm. Okay, bye. Bye.